When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, most wins in the NFL happen on Sundays in the fall, but congratulations to the Washington Commanders. They have a giant W on a Thursday in July. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Gabe Neitzel, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. You want to jump jump in with us, you can. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Gave a monumental day for football in the nation's capital. Owners unanimously approve the $6.05 billion sale of the commanders from Dan Snyder to a group led by Josh Harris, according to league sources. That from Adam Schefter. We could play Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead because the commanders (laughs) now feel like they can accurately and adequately root for their football team again. And I I kind of can... Not 100% relate, but I get where Washington Commanders fans can be coming from. As a Milwaukee Bucks fan, and Herb Cole was a fantastic human, great guy, did a lot of things to the community, former senator here in the state of Wisconsin. He was the former owner of the Bucks. But as a Bucks owner, he just, he wasn't good. It wasn't good for the franchise. Like they were never going to win a championship under Herb Cole. So when he sold the franchise, like there, there was an excitement here in Milwaukee. And obviously the excitement paid off as they won a championship two years ago to this day. The Bucks won their first NBA championship in 50 years. But for the Commanders, it's even a bigger sense of relief because now there's hope that your team can be good again because A, Dan Snyder isn't running your organization, and B, he's just not a good person. Like A lot of bad things happened under his watch. So yeah. now like it just feels like if you're a Commanders fan, there's probably just this sense of hit the refresh button and it it almost before it was almost maybe embarrassing to admit you were a commanders fan and now you don't have to be embarrassed anymore gabe 6.05 billion is a record sum for a north american sports franchise so dan snyder was terrible person for decades and decades all he did was lose and for his trouble what's going to happen is he going to be put He's going to get $6.05 billion. Thank you very much. He had owned the Commanders since 1999. Listen to this. 24 seasons. Washington made the playoffs only six times. They won two playoff games in 24 years. I don't really remember either one, to be honest with you. They never once appeared in the NFC Championship game. They had 10 different head coaches. They had 27 starting quarterbacks. And they won a mere 42% of their games, which ranks 27th in the NFL. I think the team and the players and the, everybody around the, the uh, commanders is going to get a boost just you know, with the energy of this. In fact, Bill Barnwell ranked the commanders the number one offseason. He said the most important thing, our Bill Barnwell at ESPN that happened in the NFL this entire the most important acquisition was Josh Harris going to own the Washington Commanders. 
And it's hard to argue with that because, yes, maybe maybe your team signed the big free agent. Maybe you're the Chicago Bears and you had $100 million to spend on free agents this offseason. Maybe you were the Carolina Panthers and you ended up with the number 1 overall pick, and that helps shape the future of the franchise. But nothing shapes the future of the franchise more than the people owning it. If, if mm-hmm. there are systemic issues within your organization, and I'm, I'm not talking about all the bad things that, that happened within the commander's organization under Dan Snyder's watch. I'm just talking about the culture of winning and losing. A lot of times that culture can be traced all the way to the top. And when you mention a, a franchise that's only won 42% of its games while being owned by the same guy, like that's not just... That's constantly and consistently putting the wrong people in the wrong spots as a general manager, as a head coach. And now that he's not there, mm-hmm. you can have hope as a Commanders fan. You can I, hope that I, you can I, win games going forward. Gabe, I don't know how or why I remember this. And I, to be honest, it's so sort of faint in my memory, I'm not even sure it's true. But I'm going to tell the story anyway. The Commanders at the time, you know, maybe they were called the Washington football team. Maybe they were their R words. I, I don't know. But they came to Cleveland to play a game, and that week was early in the season, and that week Dan Snyder decided to come to Cleveland, but he came to Cleveland on his yacht. Are you aware of the stories of Dan Snyder and the yacht? Because I envision him like the villain in every Bond movie or in Mission Impossible, that he's untraceable and untrackable by traditional governments <laughs> because he's he's on his own floating city in the middle of uncharted waters. He just got six billion. He has a hundred and ninety two million dollar luxury yacht. Two deck IMAX theater. On <laughs> it's cool enough to have an IMAX theater. He has an IMAX theater on his hundred and ninety two million dollar yacht and he got six billion today. He has a 201-inch outdoor television. He has a beach club on his yacht. It's as long as a football field. And it also has an interactive dance floor. Man, maybe we shouldn't be saying bad things about Dan Snyder because he's never going to invite us on the new yacht that he's going to buy with this new money, which is going to take the cake from the old yacht, which sounds like something out of a movie. Who takes a yacht... On one of the Great Lakes. Like, who, how many yachts are there at any given moment on Lake Erie? I can't imagine it's many. Like, I think yachts, I think more ocean, you know? Like, how are you getting that yacht? Like, did he I go swear, all the I way d- around and, like, you, sail through the, the Great Lakes in order to get to Cleveland? I, I'm very confused I, I, about the route he would take. I can't answer that, but I know that it happened, and I have no idea how the yacht got there, but I know that I looked out on the lake. And there were like some small boats and a couple of jet skis and the wind was blowing. You know, Lake Erie is hardly the most uh, glorious of bodies of water. Sure. Not to rip on our beautiful lake here in Cleveland, but it, it is, it's, it's not exactly the Pacific Ocean, let's be honest. And then you look out and you see this $192 million super yacht. Yes, like he must have gone through the Northeast Passage or something. And gone on a slew of rivers. You can trace the way. You can go through Canada and end up in... There must be a route to get from the Atlantic to Lake Erie. I don't know how else he got it there. They didn't put the yacht on a truck and drive it across the country. (laughs) That's my Dan Snyder bringing a flatbed. Man, that's... Why not? I guess, I mean, if you're going to go to Cleveland, might as well... 
stay on your yachts on Lake Erie. Sounds Delivered like a great Delivered in 2019, time. the Lady S Super Yacht was built in the Netherlands. It measures 93 meters in length. At the time, it was the Dutch company's fifth largest yacht. Who bought the other top four yachts that were even bigger than this yacht? All white, which is contrasted by black-tinted windows, the super yacht features a steel hull, aluminum structure, and a gorgeous teak deck. The vessel has a gross tonnage of 2,999 tons and a 14.1-meter beam. But that's not what everybody cares about. The uh, interior has a this gorgeous indoor swimming pool with a waterfall. This thing is utterly outrageous, and now Dan Snyder has more money to buy even more yachts. And Commanders fans are happy because they get a new owner. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Gabe Neitzel. Uh, the quarterback of the New York Jets is also making football news today. We talked about Deshaun Watson and the Browns earlier, Gabe. Between Watson and Aaron Rodgers, I can't decide which of those two quarterbacks is under more pressure, but they're both under a lot to deliver for teams that haven't won anything in recent memory. And I think Aaron Rodgers is probably more equipped to deal with that, although the pressure gets amped up just because you're in New York. You're with the Jets. You have Greeny unbuttoning his shirt on Get Up to unveil the Jets t-shirts underneath. So you know you're going to be talked about every morning on ESPN the more and more you do good things. But Aaron Rodgers is coming from a, a place in Green Bay where for the last three years, they had Super Bowl expectations. He's won a Super Bowl. He knows what those expectations feel like. Again, it gets amped up just a little bit more because you're in New York versus Green Bay and the questions from the media that you're going to get about it. So I, I, I lean towards Deshaun Watson having that most pressure. But Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers isn't one, he's two. Because at least Deshaun Watson, if he doesn't get it done this year, well, his contract's guaranteed, so he's going to get another shot next year and the year after that. Whereas with Rodgers... We have no idea how much longer he's going to play. We know he's committed yeah. for 2023, but if you're a Jets fan, do you feel confident Aaron Rodgers is coming back in 24? Or is he going to take a trip to Peru this offseason, have you know an ayahuasca journey, and someone during that journey is going to tell him that he should retire? Like It's a legitimate concern of, is Aaron Rodgers going to be here for more than one year? You got one year and one year only, guaranteed, yeah. if you're Aaron yeah. Rodgers and the Jets. I think Rodgers turned people off, Gabe, last year, not just because his team lost, they struggled, but also because of his attitude during games I thought was a real problem. He talked about that, his growth as a person and a player when ESPN had its most exciting thing that ever happened. Aaron Rodgers went to a podium to do a press conference earlier today. I feel like I've grown a lot over the years. Now, some of that is the well-documented plant medicine journeys that, I, that I've talked about. But uh, the other is perspective. As you get older, um, you see things a little bit clearer, I think. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Try and rectify some of the uh, things that you did a certain way that you feel like you could have done better. Um, I think it's always important to have patience uh, in shorts and helmets, have patience the first few days of camp. Um, Sometimes the patients can wear thin if it's repeat mistakes, but uh, we're just uh, just building this thing right now. We want to build it the right way. And, yeah, I would say maybe earlier in my career I was uh, a little more uh, easily angered, and I feel like I'm a little less triggered as I've gotten older. 
Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Aaron Goldhammer, Gabe Neitzel. Gabe, do you see Rodgers more as a potential problem this year as a quarterback, getting older, making mistakes, or would you be more worried if you were a Jet fan about his leadership abilities? His leadership abilities, I, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is talking about being patient. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is talking about there. Because last season, I'm, I'm in Milwaukee, so I, I get to hear the Aaron Rodgers after every practice during the preseason, every Wednesday during the regular season, and after games you know, on Sundays. And last year, during, during the preseason, during training camp, there were multiple quotes from him, and he didn't name guys by name, but you, you didn't have to be an expert detective to figure out what players and young players he was talking about. In fact, one of them was even released halfway through the season in Amari Rogers by the Packers. But he's talking about young receivers who are making mistakes, and they've got to be on the same page, and they have to be at this point. And so, so he's not calling people out by name, but he's still calling people out. Yeah. And that's just a part of... Who Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers has an incredibly high expectation level of himself. He's pretty close to a perfectionist. And he demands that from his teammates around him. And he brought some of those guys, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. They know what the expectation is. But do the other players, how are they going to react when he starts chastising them in front of teammates because they get a question wrong that he asks them, or they run a wrong route in practice. Yeah. That's going to be curious. That's what I'm honestly mostly curious to see about hard knocks. Is that going to make it into hard knocks of Aaron Rodgers being upset or gesturing towards a receiver yeah. after they run a wrong route? I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, the NFL and the Jets are going to allow the cameras to let us see, but I know the television cameras during games, I thought caught Rodgers just really showing up his teammates this past year, being very demonstrative and really acting like a jerk. If I was one of those receivers on the Packers, you know, I, I would have wanted to send Aaron Rodgers into the darkness with the way that I was treated over the course of the year. Lack of patience. I think there was also, correct me if I'm wrong, lack of accountability. And from afar, Gabe, to me it appeared like Rodgers just did not play very well last year. Like, mm-hmm. in the end, like he just didn't seem like nearly the same guy that had won back-to-back MVPs the two previous seasons. And I think a lot of that comes down to two things. One, he broke his thumb in week five. And he got off to a slow start before he broke his thumb, but I don't think he could be as accurate Aaron Rodgers as we were used to seeing because of the broken thumb he suffered in their game against the Giants in London in week five. And the other part was just the uncomfortability and the lack of chemistry that he had with the young receivers. No Devontae Adams and the chemistry that they had. It's... With Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, they would talk about how they would just look at each other at the line of scrimmage and know what the other one wanted. Yeah. And they would be able to change plays without actually changing the play. It would just be a thing between the two of them. Yeah. And that wasn't happening with rookie-wide receivers no. from non-Power 5 conferences. <laughs> so, <laughs> Definitely. I mean, look, God bless Christian Watson. I thought he actually came along as the year went on and yes, started he did. making some plays. Absolutely he did. But he's not Devontae Adams, and I don't know if he's going to be able to. It's great 
that Aaron Rodgers has chemistry with Aaron, with with Randall Cobb. The problem is Randall Cobb's probably only going to play 11 12 games yeah. and he's not going to be playing a ton because his age has limited the abilities that he has on a football field. Alan Lazard's a solid receiver, but mm-hmm. he's not a DeVonte Adams. He's not as good as what Garrett Wilson was a year ago for the Jets. Like yep. having that chemistry with your number 1 wide receiver can mm-hmm. mean so much for your offense and I don't know if Aaron's going to be able to forge a relationship like that yeah. in such a short period of time in New York. Through the lens of the Packers, you know, Favre went to the Jets, went 9-7. and seven. They got off to a great start and then fell flat on their face. I think they lost their last four or six or something. They got off to a hot start. He and tore his up. bicep tendon. So yeah. after Brett had the big injury, I think they were yeah. like 8-3 and three or something. And then, yeah, right. they just completely fell flat because Brett got hurt. Right. And, and it was a weird year. It was the year the Patriots won 11 games and didn't make the playoffs. It was a very strange Shout year. Shout out to across, Matt Castle. Across that division. Um but give Brett credit because then he went to Minnesota and he was really like an MVP candidate for a couple oh, yeah. of years in Minnesota. He was fantastic. So I think, you know, Rodgers to me still has more to prove, Gabe, as a quarterback over the course of his career. You know, he's only been to one Super Bowl. I, I know he is arguably one of the all-time greats, but that's a regular season thing. It's certainly not a playoff thing. This is not like Tom Brady going to Tampa, I guess is what I'm saying. His his legacy and the way he'll be remembered is not firmly written headed into this stage of his career at all, in my opinion. In Aaron Rodgers' mind, the Packers didn't want him anymore. And I think to a point that's true. I think there are some people inside the, the Packers building who wanted him back and others who did not. But in Aaron Rodgers' mind, he now has that narrative of, oh, they didn't want me. Let me show you. And a spiteful Aaron Rodgers is a dangerous Aaron Rodgers, as we've learned in the past. He has fueled himself with these perceived slights. Again, maybe they're real, maybe they're not. But if he believes he's been slighted, he becomes a dangerous player. And yeah. that could yeah. make Jets fans pretty excited. What to you is a great season or a good – take great away. What is a good season for – he takes the Jets to the playoffs. Yes. Does everybody say, you know what, that is a good job by Aaron? Or does it have to be win a few playoffs or go to the Super Bowl? Obviously, if he takes the New York Jets back to the Super Bowl, he's back in the mix as one of the all-timers. Because oh, that yeah, is one of the hard. it's proven to be one of the hardest things to do in all of sports, take the Jets to the Super Bowl. No one's done it in 50 years. I would say winning a playoff game. Just as just as loaded as the AFC is. I mean, you look at what the Chiefs are, that they've... They're going to be expected to be in the AFC Championship game. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are an up and coming team. Somebody from the from the NFC, excuse me, from the AFC North, if not two teams, are going to be at least in the divisional round. Like that's a stacked division as well. And there are just so many good teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Winning one playoff game and getting to the divisional round, I think, has to be considered a successful season for the Jets. I'm trying to find any written or visual evidence of my memories of Dan Snyder's yacht on Lake Erie. I cannot, but I need some time to try to come up with it. So we'll see if we can find any evidence that that actually happened next. Also, coming up, Paul Feinbaum said, Nick Saban, no longer the class of the SEC. We'll get his reasoning next. And we'll get into it after Gabe has this word from our friends at Indeed. If you're finding yourself needing to find your next great hire, then you need Indeed. Their hiring solution makes it simple to attract, interview, and hire candidates all in one place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly 
with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. You can conveniently schedule and conduct virtual video interviews right from the Indeed hiring dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits when you conduct virtual interviews. Terms and conditions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, Nick Saban has been on the throne of college football for over a decade. Has his reign come to an end? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Gabe Neitzel. It's kind of like Gabe, Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler. The pupil is schooling the teacher. Kirby Smart winning two straight natties at Georgia. He's gotten over on Nick Saban. Let's talk a little SEC football. Peter Burns was in Nashville at SEC Media Days. He's with the SEC Network. He also is the host of Best Week Ever. Sunday mornings here on ESPN Radio, and he joins us now. Peter, let's start with this. Which SEC coach was more in demand for interviews in Nashville? Was it Nick Saban or was it Kirby Smart? Uh, probably is Lane Kiffin, uh, to be honest with you, because you never know what Lane's going to say. But um, it is interesting. I, I still think it ends up being Saban. If for no other reason, he is still, as far as when it comes to the greatest coach of all time, that's, that's him in college football. So while, you know, the gold standard is Kirby Smart in Georgia football right now, as far as on the field, he still doesn't have that gravitas, right? Like whenever Nick walks into the building, you know, okay, there's a mood that changes, right? There's a reason why he goes on day three of the SEC champions or the SEC media days is because like on day three, it's kind of like the day three in Vegas, right? You lead like that one buddy that shows up that gets all the energy, that's Saban. And um, I think the thing I took from him this week is not necessarily from Nick. He wasn't pressing, 
But his players, traditionally, guys, when we see Nick Saban's players come in here, they don't really give you anything. They're so media uh, savvy. They don't give you any kind of good nuggets. They were pissed. Sorry my language, but they were. Like, they, you could tell, like, they are upset that Georgia took that crown from them, and, uh, and they're ready to rumble. So who would you say is the best coach in the SEC right now? Still think it's Kirby. I mean, you, you can't win back-to-back national championships. You can't stack these recruiting classes and not say that he is right here, right now. And I think that's part of the motivating factor for Nick, right? Like, I, I think for there's a certain way. I always thought Nick Saban thinks of college football. Not that he plays video games, but, like, how I play video games is, like, once you conquer it, what's the next level, right? And for him, name, name, and likeness transfer portal, it's added a different element that he has not been able to He's doing well, right? But he hasn't been able to to have that same breakthrough that he did back in uh, you know probably the mid twenty ten. Peter Burns is with us. Best week ever. You can listen to ESPN Radio and the ESPN app Sunday mornings on ESPN Radio. Who do you think has the best team on paper in the SEC this year? Yeah, I mean it's still it's still Kirby and and what Georgia has because you, you think about it right now, guys. We're talking, you know. Not only do they have top five recruiting classes, and but now they have two signing periods, and they can also add to the transfer portal. Remember, Georgia won the national championship last year, and they didn't take a single player from the transfer portal, which is crazy when you think about you know the current landscape of like think of what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado, Ole Miss, and Lane Kiffin. They didn't have a single one. Now they started adding a couple this year. Um, and that's scary. Now, they don't know their quarterback situation. More than likely, it's going to be Carson Beck. But um, that's the biggest question mark just overall in the SEC this week, guys, is that there's seven of the guys on this conference are returning good quarterbacks, and the other seven, including Alabama and Georgia, are in a quarterback battle going into fall camp. You mentioned uh, Lane Kiffin earlier about you don't know what he's going to say. And one of the things he said was NIL is legal (laughs) cheating. Do you think that's really helping him, though? Because I feel like in order to be a coach today, you've got to accept that and move forward instead of, you know, kind of taking shots at NIL. What is that really helping Lane Kiffin right now? Yeah, I mean, no, it's a great point because Lane, Lane sits on both sides of the fence, right? Like, if Lane is so upset about it, well, then go find another profession that doesn't pay you $7 million a year to have to deal with it, right? So, um, you know, I think he, he just has – a sense of frustration as all coaches, not just SEC coaches, they want to know what the hell the rules are, guys. And that's what it is. It's like, hey, all right, we're all on this race on this Autobahn, but is there a speed limit? And if there is a speed limit, are there guys giving us traffic tickets or, and do we have to pay them? Like, nobody knows what's going on. And Commissioner Sankey talked about that a lot about they're still trying to reach out to Congress to figure out, hey, what is going on right now? How do you have the same rules? Because now each of the states have come in and basically passed rules that said, you're not even allowed to, to work with the NCAA on the investigations. And in fact, you're forbidden. The NCAA is even forbidden to even go after these schools. I mean, that's just what happened with Tennessee. Tennessee basically went to the state attorney general and said, hey, if you give us a postseason ban, get ready because our lawyers are going to come after you. And the NCAA is sick and tired of paying lawyer bills. I guarantee you that. Right. Peter Burns is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. What uh, SEC coach, Peter, is on the hottest seat right now? You know, I, I, it's rare. This is the first year that I don't really feel like there's one. I mean, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri just got a contract extension. You say Jimbo Fisher, 
um, just because, you know, we're coming in on year six and his numbers haven't been better than Kevin Sumlin, his predecessor, who was relieved of his duties. But the problem is it's $75, $80 million guaranteed. So there's not a whole lot of pressure for Jimbo Fisher. I will say this. That's the biggest takeaway I have this week. I thought all the coaches, you have one job when you come to SEC Media Days, which is don't say anything that's going to be a detriment to your program. Jimbo Fisher did that on the first day. When he came out and, you know, he's hired Bobby Petrino as his offensive coordinator, and all he had to say was, hey, Bobby is running our offense. I'm hands off. Looking forward to it. Instead, he hemmed and hawed on whether or not he was going to give up play-calling duties. And then later on Feinbaum, he said they were going to give up play-calling duties. And then he waffled back and forth. Like, I mean, everybody I thought had a passing grade except for Jimbo Fisher uh, this week in, uh, in, over here in Nashville. The Open started today. Opening round is already done. What's a bigger shock? The fact that Crystal Lemprecht, Tommy Fleetwood, and Emiliano Grillo are all tied at the top? or that Justin Thomas only beat one other golfer today? I didn't know that you could be six foot, what, six foot eight and, and lead the Open? I mean, like that, I, I can't it's imagine the wingspan that cat's wild to watch him swing a club. It's wild. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's the beauty about golf. It comes at different sides. And, you know, I remember Ed Fiore and Bob May and Tiger Woods back in the day. Like, it takes all types. But um, I think it's JT. You know, and it's interesting because – for a while there, Smiley Coffin was part of that group, and now he's doing some great work off the course, um, you know, announcing. You know, Ricky Fowler battled it, but he's gotten back. I mean, yeah, to see JT, who really now there's going to be some tough decisions, guys, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, right? Like, JT is a competitor. He has that game, but it, it, it's tough to see one of the top five golfers in probably over the last decade really struggle to this, this point. You're in the central time zone, I think. Is Nashville in the central or the eastern? I forget, Peter. I, we've had so many cocktails over the last seven days. I think I'm in like um, Papua New Guinea time. I don't even. I don't really remember. You can hear my voice. We all know how big a golf fan you are. Gabe was up at three o'clock in the morning central time to watch the Open. What time? What time were I you mean, watching? Were you up early or no? Uh, well, I might have been returning late uh, in, in watching it when it came in there at that Attaboy. point. I do love that. That's, that's the greatest part about the Open Championship. And I cannot wait about, I don't know if you've seen, like, how crazy hole 17 is and, like, the end course out of bounds at 18. Like, they, they're just asking for some drama to happen. So uh, I'm up for that, man. Anytime you get uh, really, really uh, – I, I didn't like the West Coast L.A. Open. Uh, that we had the U.S. Open, I felt it was almost like too late. I felt weird watching golf at 10 p.m. But there's something right about like breakfast golf at 6 a.m. where you can have a, like a Bloody Mary and watch a play. Uh, I, I'll tell you, I bet you've seen what 35 bachelorette parties, so at least. I mean, they're, they're all over the place there. Uh, yeah, they got the you know they take over those like, little pedal cruisers and stuff like that. I mean, it's uh, it is definitely a vibe here in Nashville. We'll put it that way. <laughs> SEC Media Days, the king is Peter Burns, SEC Network. He will host Best Week Ever Sunday mornings right here on ESPN Radio. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, boys. That's Peter Burns. Uh, Coming up, is Jordan Love closer to leading the Packers to the playoffs in year one, or is he closer to finishing in last place? We'll ask a Milwaukee Green Bay Packers expert, Gabe Neitzel. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with him. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. It is time for a little good bet, bad bet. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Gabe Neitzel. And our producer joins us for the segment. His name is Shannon Penn. Mm-hmm. Shannon will give us the bet. We'll decide if it is good or bad. Shannon, take it away. All right, so I decided to look uh, in these numbers, of course, according to uh, Caesar Sportsbook. I looked at the teams with the longest odds to win their prospective divisions. you got to tell me whether or not it's a good bet or bad bet, okay? Easy enough? Okay. Got it. All got right. it. Aaron, I will actually start with you. We're going to okay. go to the NFC North. Green Bay Packers listed at plus 420 to win their division. Good bet or bad bet? Now, those odds are high. Um, boy, plus 420 to win the division. I would say no. I, I, I would. Jordan Love's going to come out of nowhere and win a division that has, I don't know, not great quarterbacks, but pretty good ones across the board and some okay teams. Packers feel like 7-10 and 10 to me in the first season of Love. Remember, the year they transitioned from Rodgers to Favre, they like, Favre played well, but they were a 6-10 football team. Don't forget about that. Gabe? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a bad bet. I would need, if you up the odds a little bit more, if I was getting a little bit more return, probably, and look, it's a bad division. 
Like it could be it, either the NFC North or the NFC South are going to be the worst divisions in football. The winner of this division very well could go eight and nine. Maybe it's nine and eight. Maybe one of these teams can get to double digit wins, but I don't think one of those teams is the Green Bay Packers. They're way too young. Only three players over the age of 30 uh, on the roster. A lot of growth. I think it's a young, exciting football team, but they need space to grow. I don't see them winning the division. Oh, Gabe, I'm glad you mentioned the NFC South because that's where we're going next. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers listed at plus 800 to win their division. Good bet or bad bet? To me, that's a good bet. I don't know who's winning that division. Everyone seems to be defaulting to the New Orleans Saints, and I get it because they have the best quarterback in car. Chris Olave had a really good year last year. I still don't know what Alvin Kamara is going to be for them. Taking those odds for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Yes, they don't know who their quarterback is, but I like the weapons that they have on the outside. I think they still have some key pieces there defensively. It's the team that won the division, despite Tom Brady not playing his best football, but still being a solid quarterback a year ago. I think Tampa Bay at plus 800 is a pretty good bet to win the division. Man, you look at the other teams in this division. I don't. Someone has to win this division. Yes. Unfortunately, for our wild card playoff watching pleasure, did did Baker <laughs> this Mayfield? Is, this is game one on Saturday. Whoever wins this division is going to be yes. playing in game one on Saturday. Totally agree. Four thirty, and do we have that game? I hope not. I hope I hope that game was given to another network and not us. We got Monday football for wild card weekend again this year. Um. Did Baker grow six inches, you know, over the offseason? Is there any – is Nothing he still 5'11", or did he – and I think he's in a quarterback competition with Kyle Trask? That's correct. From the greatest of all time to that quarterback competition. I'm not touching. Plus 800 for Tampa Bay. What do you got next, Shannon? All right, Aaron, here's a division that you do know. The AFC North. Pittsburgh mm. Steelers plus 500 to win the AFC North. Good bet or bad bet? You know, I was impressed with Kenny Pickett in the second half of the season. Dang, the Steelers are just nails, rock solid. I think they have the best coach maybe in football now. I might put, for for now, not in terms of just overall legacy, but I might put Tomlin ahead of Belichick, might rather have him for this specific season at their respective ages. I think this is a smart bet at plus 500 to lean on the Steelers. This is the closest and toughest division in the NFL game. I I have a hard I think the Pittsburgh Steelers can be good. Would I be shocked if the Steelers snuck into the playoffs as the six seven seed in the AFC? I would not. But I have a hard time. Even if you really liked Kenny Pickett last year, I have a hard time believing that Kenny Pickett is going to win a division that has Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson in it. I don't like this to win the division. I I would need longer odds. I would need, again, much like the Packers earlier, I need more juice in order to put this down and make it worth it. I would say that's a bad bet for the Steelers, plus 500 to win the division. All right, Gabe, let's go out to the AFC East. New England Patriots, plus 800 to win the AFC East. Good bet or bad bet? I kind of like this. I, 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 I am a little bit down on the Buffalo Bills. Miami, it comes down to, can Tua stay healthy? Which is a legitimate question to ask about them. And if Aaron Rodgers gets off to a little bit of a slow start with the Jets, it kind of opens up the door. I think Bill Belichick learned from his mistakes last year, actually bringing in an offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien this season to you know actually develop the quarterback he decided to draft in the first round in Mac Jones. I think the Patriots plus 800 is a good bet. You know, they're going to be one of the smartest teams in the NFL. They're not going to make a lot of dumb mistakes. Their offense has to be better. I mean, with, Can with it be an worse? actual offensive coach, I don't think it could possibly be worse. I kind of like it, too. 
uh, uh, just pizza money, as they yeah. say. But I'll take the Pats at plus 800 to win that division. I, I'm with you on Buffalo. We already went over that, that I feel like the drama could really end up tackling them in that division with everything going on with Stefan Diggs. Shannon, thank you. That was another edition of Good Bet, Bad Bet about the last place teams in the NFL. Coming up next, NFL owners approved six. billion sale of the Commanders to the Harris Group. Plus, ESPN Radio's Rankum, Gabe Neitzel has it. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.